Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. somebody's faith tonight. God wants to strengthen your faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, if you don't work this thing out the way that I'm praying and believing that you're going to, God, if you don't work it out, Lord, if it never gets worked out, if I die having not received the promise, hallelujah, if I die like Abraham who was still in search of a city but never found it, I'm going to believe, God, I'm dying in faith. But I'm not going to stop walking. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop pursuing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. One more time. Let's give God a hand clap. A praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Again, we're so honored to have... Brother Rima Duncan with us and uh, his ministry. I know I briefly mentioned, but very much sought after in our movement as a minister. And after this morning, I know we can all see why. Very powerfully anointed. And I'm thankful that he has come to deliver to us a word. Amen. I, I, great, pretty sermons are great, but I want to hear what God's saying. Sometimes that might be through a sermon. And sometimes it's just through God saying, here's what, I, here's what I'm bringing. Either way, I want to hear what God is speaking. I want a man of God that's going to be sensitive to say what thus saith the Lord. Amen. And uh, so once again, would you help me right now as we welcome Brother Duncan. We wanted to know that we're thankful that he is here with us this weekend. He's already been a blessing, and we want him to receive from us as well. Amen. Praise God. One more time, let's direct that up to the Lord today. Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead and join your voice with your hands. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for making your way back out to the house of the Lord this evening and uh, extending yourselves in worship unto the Lord. Praise God. How many know that God uh, desires for his people to worship him in spirit and in truth? Amen. Amen. Praise God. As you remain standing again, thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to come and address this wonderful congregation that is uh, being a blessing to uh, this region of Maryland. And I, uh, I'm, I count it an honor to be able to share with you uh, what God is uh, communicating to this body this local assembly of believers, praise God. Uh, my my goal here is not to uh, to wow you, not to give you something uh, 
astounding, something you never heard before and anything like that. My, my goal is to connect with the spirit of what God is already doing and begin to uh, probably say some things that have already been said and that's already being said, but you're just hearing it from a fresh source. And sometimes, you know how it is, especially parents, like you could tell your kids something to you blue in the face and all of a sudden they hear something from the teacher and they come back and say, guess what so-and-so said? You are like, really? And sometimes God's got to do that. Amen. Amen. I am going to read a verse from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 21 and 22. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Alberti, for uh, sharing your heart and, uh, and delivering, delivering the truth to us. Amen. Amen. A lot of times we uh, relegate faith only to count for things uh, that God can do. Faith is not all wrapped up in uh, what God can do because uh, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Operative word there is things, right? Things that are not here yet. We hope for them, but faith it's the substance of that hope. So when you only believe God for things, you're only operating in the realm of hope. You're not, you're not, you don't have faith. If all you can pray for is things, and all you can believe God for is to do something and things, and that's not faith, that's hope. But when you begin to dabble in the substance of those things that are hoped for, because faith is not what just, just what God can do. Faith is believing in who God is. And when you begin to tap into who God is, that is the substance of the things that we're hoping for. Because he is the source. Praise God. Amen. So if I have faith, whether I get the things or not, I have faith because I believe in God. I believe in who he is. Amen. What an awesome word. Brother Alberti, thank you, sir. Uh, and I can feel that that wasn't something you studied only, but that is also something that uh, has been deposited in you by reason of experience. And uh, you continue to be faithful in God, and God will continue to unpack that. Praise God. Amen. The Bible says when he, uh, talking about the king, Jehoshaphat, had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went uh, out before the army and to say praise the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord begin to set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir which were come against Judah. And they meaning the enemy that was trying to attack God's people, those people were smitten or defeated. Praise God. Notice, uh, in 
the defeat of the enemy, the people of God didn't have to lift a finger. They just had to lift their voice. And when they lifted their voice, God lifted his hand. There is an atmosphere that is loosed and released when God's people begin to lift their voice. Hallelujah. That's why the scripture tells us in Psalm 47, he said, clap your hand, all you people. But he didn't just stop there. He said, you got to finish the job. Praise is not just wrapped up in a clap. Praise God. You've got to open your mouth because when you do, hallelujah, something will begin to be released in the atmosphere. The environment will turn from your demise into God's provision and God's blessing and God's victory for his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I, I want to uh, speak to you today about the atmosphere of victory. Praise God. When you dwell in the atmosphere of victory, you don't have to come to church to pray through every time you get here. Because when you get into an atmosphere, it is the will of God for that atmosphere to be tethered to you. It's kind of like, you know, some folks we know, not in this church, but in Chicago, we just, you know, but you know, we, get, we got folks that you can tell where they've been just by reason of the atmosphere around them. I can tell that this person's been drinking because I smell alcohol. This person's been smoking because I smell smoke. Different sources of that smoke, but just smell smoke. Smoke for leisure, smoke for medication, whatever you want to call it. But we can tell where they came from. And we can even tell, oh man, they about to throw down today after church. Coming from Sunday morning, praising God real good, and man, they smell like fried chicken. Hey, y'all invited people over for dinner? Because when that thing permeates the atmosphere, it gets on you. So when you come into an atmosphere that is primed for the power of God, and you leave this place and you get defeated, that's not God's fault. You just didn't realize where you were. Because God intended for that power, that deliverance, that whatever you got when you pray through in the altar to be tethered to you. It's supposed to be attached to you. It's supposed to get on you. Even so much so that people can be around you. They don't know what it is. You know, they might call it a vibe. They might call it an aura. But it's not, it's not any of those. I know that, that's the terms that we use. But that's, that's not terms that God's give us. It's actually the spirit. And what people are picking up is that invisible force that's been attached to you. Hallelujah. And that doesn't come automatically. It comes by reason of voice. 
is the one thing that you can do as a human being to affect both the physical and the invisible or the spiritual. Voice. Praise God. Lift your hands and begin to say, God, teach me about the atmosphere of victory. Hallelujah. Teach me about the atmosphere of victory. God, I, I, I'm tired of the cycles. I'm tired of the spiritual roller coasters. Lord God, teach me about the atmosphere of victory. Teach me how to walk in victory. Teach me how to live in victory. Teach me how to dwell in victory. Teach me how to live so much so that I don't have to pray through. Uh, hallelujah. Ten times a month. Hallelujah. Teach me how to live uh, in that realm where your spirit are breaking chains and keeping me loose, Lord God. Where I can be an asset to the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated today. Began to really wrap my mind around this concept of atmospheres uh, as God began to awaken some things through Scripture uh, to me. I realized that we can reference certain Bible verses and scriptures, and they can mean one thing, but I'm thankful for the word of God that it is quick and quickening and, and powerful. It's life-giving, praise God. So uh, it's not just a, a piece of literature, but that book is living, praise God. And so when I, I begin to read things, it, it speaks to me where I'm living, praise God. So I, we can read the same scripture, and it speaks to you one thing, but then you read the scripture over here, and it speaks to you a whole different thing. Praise it's the same scripture, but it begins to slice different ways to where we are. And you can read the same scripture and get one thing today, and a year from now, because you're living in a different place, it begins to to speak to you on another level. Praise God. And this is what is going on when the Bible tells us in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. He's telling you about the condition of that creation. Praise God. He said darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Praise God. We see that God created something. It was in a, in a, a type of dark and chaotic state but the spirit of God began to move on the darkness. The Spirit of God began to move on the chaos, but nothing changed. Pastor, is it possible that we can have a move of God, but nobody changed? Nothing changed about you. You were in the vicinity of the moving of the Spirit, and nothing changed. But when something changed is when God began to speak into that atmosphere. Hallelujah. When his word was introduced into the darkness and the chaos, that's when things began to change. Hallelujah. And so you can feel God all you want. You can feel something in the atmosphere. But if you never get a word from God, if it doesn't get in you, nothing will change. Amen. We say, you know, how can some people be in the same service as other people, this group over here gets blessed by God and gets all type of transformed and delivered. And then this group over here, uh, ain't nothing going on. 
But they're over here getting blessed. I mean, uh, slinging snot everywhere. And all. Uh, hopefully not. But, you know, we, you know we, we're, we're Pentecostal, so we get with it. You know, we, we're, we don't care. We praise God. And, you know, sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's, it's ugly. But we're touching God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, you know, there's, there's you know, other people that ain't nothing happening. How is that possible that we can be in the same environment and the same atmosphere and have two different polar opposite results? It's because, hallelujah, it's because one person has been open to receive what is being said and the other person has been closed from what God was introducing into their lives. Hallelujah. And so when you come into the atmosphere, don't just uh, worship, don't just praise. Hallelujah. But you got to receive something uh, from what God is saying to you. Hallelujah. We're thankful for the moving of his spirit. Uh, but God, we need you to speak to us. We need your word. We need your voice. things will begin to change if we can be introduced to the word of God. I'm not just talking about the 66 books that are leather bound that we can open up and begin to read. I'm talking about the word of God. Hallelujah. The voice of the spirit. Amen. We got people that were righteous and found faithful that didn't have Bibles. We didn't have a written, recorded word of God until Moses. Adam had no Bible, but he had word because he was acquainted with the voice of God. He was so acquainted with the voice of God that he, he can sense and hear the voice of God taking on form and walking in the garden. That's what the Bible says. He heard the voice of God walking in the midst of the garden. That's how familiar he was with the voice of God. Hallelujah. And also, all through the Old Testament until Moses. Noah didn't have a Bible, but he found faith in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. God found him faithful. Praise God. Abraham didn't have a Bible. Isaac didn't have a Bible. Hallelujah. Jacob didn't have a Bible. Joseph didn't have a Bible. But then Moses comes on the scene. And God begins to commission Moses. He gets to a place where he's seeing something that is out of the ordinary. He is in the midst of the wilderness, the backside of the, uh, the, the desert, leading sheep. You can almost imagine. I mean, yes, he was out there, but we've got to understand that these people are human. So they've got human thoughts and human emotions. And while we may say, well, you know, Moses was just kind of, he was humbling himself. He was out there you're just kind of trying to be a nobody because, no, he was running from Egypt because he had just killed somebody. And he's running from the consequence of his past and finds himself in a desert place, leading sheep that ain't even mine in the sweltering heat in the Middle East. I'm getting burnt by the equator. I'm, this is not a tan, y'all. I'm over here getting scorched. I got all these dumb sheep. 
And I'm just surrounded by bad, 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 bad. And that's all he's, he's, he's got to deal with the bad and deal with this. And they can't do this. So he's got to ruffle through the wall and pick out these little uh, thistles and thorns. And he's got he's to collar them, all right, corral them all over here. And he's on the backside of, the, of, of this desert. And, and all of a sudden, he sees a bush that is being burnt. Why did this happen? Because God wanted to speak to him. But God didn't speak to him when he was chillaxing in the tent, sipping Kool-Aid. Or whatever, you know. God didn't speak to him when the conditions were pristine and suitable for his flesh. He was wanting to know. Yes, you're in the middle of the desert. And yes, you're probably doing something uh, that you don't want to do uh, because you're trained to be royalty and you're doing the job of somebody that you were not raised as. Hallelujah. And God said, uh, can you still recognize uh, that I am doing something uh, in your life? And when he looked and God, God got his attention, he heard a voice. I didn't expect God to speak from that. The bush is being burnt. No wonder it's being burnt. It's hot out here. But God says, you're not in the wrong place. I know you're uncomfortable, but you're right where I want you to be. Because this is where I'm going to speak to you. It wasn't the right environment for his comfort, but it was the right environment for the word of God to reach him. Hallelujah. He was able to recognize there was some irregularities in my midst. And if I can just pay attention to what God is doing, I don't understand it all. God is doing something here. And if you can pay attention and get awakened to God being in your midst, God will speak to you. received the word about his destiny and his purpose by being at the right place at the right time. He wouldn't have gone there on his own, but God created the right atmosphere for him to hear what God wanted to speak to him. And God commissioned, we know the story, he's speaking to Pharaoh, let my people go. God finally allows uh, uh, Pharaoh to, to heed the word that is being spoken by Moses and Aaron after 10 plagues. They walk through the Red Sea, the walls of water on each side going on dry ground. They get to the other side, praise God, and God calls Moses up to the mountain. God wants to speak to him. And all they can see is, why is he taking so long up there? They're in this desert. They're hungry. I mean, they, you know, they ain't used to, you know, they, they didn't have no, like, fillets and ribeyes and they, uh, you know, rack of lamb. They didn't have, it wasn't feasted on, like, teriyaki salmon and, you know, some of that stuff, y'all, you know. They didn't have all that. And so what they were used to were, you know, government food, you know, whatever Pharaoh was serving up, you know, you know, he's, you know, you know, said, yeah, we're going to a land flowing with milk and honey, because we're used to government cheese, you know, and used to getting that, you know, 
Man, the promised land, they got, they got fruit loops, not fruit rounds and rings. And, you know, they got the, they got the name brand stuff over there. Woo. I'm looking forward. Oh, yeah. This is, that's real milk and honey. That's not the powdered stuff, you know, that they used to have back in the day. Some of y'all young people don't know the struggle. You know, they got the powdered stuff. You got to mix it with water, you know. And, you know, we didn't have honey, but, you know, we just had to put a little sugar in the evaporated milk. Or, you know, we got to. And if you bought the honey, it wasn't real honey. It was kind of like, it was, it was a syrup flavored honey. It was, it was honey flavored syrup, you know. It's, well, that's why some of y'all don't go back to. You know, White Castles anymore, you go to, you, you go to Chick-fil-A because they're going to give you real honey. Amen. <laughs> but they, they were in this wilderness. They're like, man, we're hungry. You know, we're, we're, we had onions and, onions and leeks in Egypt. And they were over salivating over the slops of their past. When all the while, God had them in a place and an atmosphere that they were about to experience the greatest days of their people. Praise God. And God calls Moses up to the mountain and begins to speak to him. And God comes down. He's speaking to the people. And the people are like, all right, well, how come, how come God can't speak to us himself? Why God speaking to you? And then you guys speak to us. Who gave you the market on the mind of God? And so Moses is like, okay. He goes back to God and he's praying and telling God what the people, you know, I'm trying to tell them what they want. And so God hears what Moses is saying and then God gets excited. God is like, they, they, want, they, they want to hear from me? This, they don't want you, they want me? God got excited about that. Because it reminded him of what he originally intended for his voice to be directly acquainted with his people. He never intended for his word to be filtered through a proxy. He never intended for... So now, he gets excited, he tells Moses, I bet it's a date. Tell him three days. Purify yourself. Consecrate yourself. Get ready because we're, we're going to meet. We're, we're going to have a, a time together. I want you to meet me right here at this place at this time. And they prepared themselves. They got to the, to, to the meet up with God. And God is excited because he's like, yes, they, they get it. They get it. They want to hear from me. Praise God. So God begins to set the mood. You know, he's, he's creating the atmosphere. And all of a sudden, as they're waiting to hear from their maker, they're waiting to hear from God. All of a sudden, it starts getting a little dark in the skies, and they start hearing some thunder around the mountain. And all of a sudden, they're hearing a, a little bit of lightning, and they're feeling a little quaking in the in the atmosphere. And the people are like, "Whoa! I ain't signed up for this." And Moses is like, no, no, God's about to speak. And as God speaks, all they hear is loud noises and the sound of blasting trump. They couldn't bear it. They couldn't bear the voice of God. But they didn't realize that that was the way God wanted to speak. Oh. 
But as God is speaking, because they're not acquainted with the atmosphere, all they can see was what was going wrong. Lord, have mercy. The answers to their prayers, the, 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 the direction for their future was in their midst. And all they could see was the thunder. All they could see was the lightning. All they could hear was loud, obnoxious noises. But God was speaking. And they said, oh, no. Mo, you got it. You go deal with the. Uh -huh. I'm about to, oh, I'm about to get all up in this right now. You go deal with the thunder, Moses. You go deal with the quaking. You go deal with all that obnoxious uh, sounds. And I know that God is trying to do something here, but I can't bear it that way. I, I, I'm not used to all that. I, so, so you go through all the darkness. You go through the storm. And then when you get your word, you come tell me what God said. That's where we live right now. Hallelujah. Oh, y'all ain't with me now. Hallelujah. Because God intends for his voice to be acquainted with each and every one of us. But there is an atmosphere that he allows to get set. And if you don't know the atmosphere, you'll begin to reject and resist the very answers to your prayer. God is trying to set an atmosphere of victory that will follow you everywhere you go. And it's not going to be in the lights. It's not going to be, uh, hallelujah, in your mountaintop experience. It's going to be uh, when things look like that they're at their worst. That's when God's at his best. Oh, hallelujah. He said, he said, matter of fact, let's, let's rewind to this morning. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a linguist. I don't, I don't, let's have a whole bunch of languages. I do know those words that were spoken this morning in, in Spanish. And it said, aquí estoy, aquí estoy. So I know those two words. It's talking about a person being in a certain, I'm, you know, I am here. But it, when I went back to the hotel room this afternoon, God began to say, no, run it back again. It didn't say estoy aquí. It said aquí estoy. Now, I don't know if there's some switching around, but I know what God spoke to me. He said, you translated uh, to yourself as I am here. But the actual terminology said, here am I. Mm. There's a... Mm. There's a total difference from I am here to here am I. Because I am here means that you're discovering that God is in that location. I am here. But here am I has a tone of you've been looking for me. You've been seeking me. You've been searching for me. And I come to tell you, it don't got to get better. Here am I. Look no further. 
This is the atmosphere where I'm going to do my best work. If you're looking for me, I'm a very present help in trouble. Hallelujah. So when the trouble starts happening, here am I. That's the atmosphere of the miraculous. That's the atmosphere. your hands right now. God, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. God wants you to recognize him before everything gets better. The indicator that God is present isn't things getting better. The indicator that God is present is when things get worse. Come on, receive that right now. Oh. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah, begin to change your perspective. You see it this way because you're looking at it from the wrong dimension. Not the wrong direction, from the wrong dimension. You see it like this because you're at this level and you're just looking at things on this level. And they look very significant. They look life-size when it's on this level. But if God sits high and looks low, he doesn't see it how we see it. He's looking not from a different direction, from a different dimension. He's seeing it from a higher place. And while you see what's going on around you, God sees why everything around you is going like that. Hell and its agents are not creators. They are manipulators. They manipulate the situation to make it look like they're strong. So all you see and all you talk about and magnify with your words is what the devil's doing. All the while, God is looking and he doesn't just see what the enemy's doing around you. He sees all the promises that are coming towards you. That's why the devil begins to attack people because he realizes there is something coming their way. And if I can get them distracted right now by what seems like is going wrong, they will not take advantage of the victory that's right there. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in an airplane... You know, on this level, you know, things look life-size. And you begin to treat it that way. This is life-size. And you're in that plane. You're sitting there. You might be by a window, window seat. And you're looking out the window. Everything 
looks life-sized. All of a sudden, this, this, this transportation mechanism begins to shift. Your, your positioning takes you up a little bit higher. And the higher you go is the smaller the things seem on this level. What was big to us, because we got up a little higher and we're looking from a different perspective, it's not as big as I thought it was. You see, when it's close up on you, it looks big. But when you come up and look at it from where God is looking at it, it's not a big deal like you think it is. Actually, you won't just see what's going on right there. You'll see everything else that God is doing in the mix, and you won't get afraid. You won't get upset. You'll get excited because you realize God is doing more than what's happening right So here it, is, here it is now. Bible says that the Ammonites, the children of Ammon, the Moabites, the, the people of the mountain in Mount Seir, said all the, all the people began to gather up. These were allied forces that came against God's people. It wasn't just one type of nationality. It wasn't just one country or one army. They, these people conspired together to come against God's people. And they're like, oh my goodness, we're besieged. We're, it feels like I'm surrounded on all sides. It feels like we're about to get torn apart and I'm about to lose this battle. We're in some big trouble. But you didn't realize, hallelujah, that's exactly where God lives. <laughs> you didn't get that. You didn't receive that because you want your life to be a bed of roses and a bunch of peaches. And, and No, God says, I live where things get a little chaotic, but I don't mean for them to stay that way. I just want somebody to realize that I'm there, and when they realize I'm there, I'll speak. Hallelujah. Isn't that what they did when they were in the boat? Jesus is on the boat. They're going through this storm. They're like, oh, my goodness. We're going to die. We're going to die. And here's Jesus. He can do all this stuff. He's healing blinded eyes. He's, he's raising the, the leper or the, the, the lame, and he's cleansing the lepers. He's turning water into wine, y'all. And we over here suffering. They go. And Jesus is chilling. Jesus is taking a nap on the boat in the storm. Here's a quick factoid for you. If God's not concerned about it, <laughs> why in the world are you so worked up by what God is not concerned about? He don't care about the storm. It just takes one more. Oh, glory to God. When you begin to wake him up, Jesus, come on. Jesus says, ah, peace. And with one utterance of the voice of God, everything changed. But what if they would have left him? Didn't wake him up. Would they have shipwrecked? No. Jesus wasn't concerned about it. And even if they did shipwreck, were they going to die? 
Jesus is on the boat. And it was already prophesied how he would die. So if he's not worried about it, he said, this ain't the way I'm going out, so I'm here. Here am I. Hallelujah. So when God speaks to you, when God gives you a prophetic word, when God gives you a word in prayer, when God gives you a word through the preaching of the man of God, hallelujah, and you begin to see things happen, don't you get all uptight. Don't you begin to squirm because the only reason why you should be afraid is if Jesus ain't there. But if Jesus is on the boat, That wasn't the conditions they were going to see. Nature defying miracles. But the storm had to come. But they got, the one thing they did right was they came to the right person that can handle it. And God began to display the power of his word in the midst of that atmosphere. It wasn't an atmosphere of destruction. It was an atmosphere of destiny because they began to see him differently. Yeah, that's what happens when God performs a miracle in your life. You, you see him in another perspective. Do you realize that that's, that's the only way they identified God? By what he did for them. When God said, when God introduced himself to me, he said, I am. And he told Moses, I am that I am. But then, man, they wanted to call him all types of things. When he would provide, they would call Jehovah Jireh. God didn't give him that name. From Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Roha, Jehovah Siskinu. And they give him all types of names. No, no, he's a provider. No, he's a protector. No, he's a banner. No, he's a healer. And God said, all right, if you want to call me that, but I got a name for you. <laughs> and, you know, the conditions might not be how you think they should be. It might come in a manger. It might come kind of uh, low-key, and it might come through a family of low income, praise God. But I'm going to send you uh, a, a represent. I'm going to send you uh, my word. I'm going to robe it in flesh, uh, and I'm going to let it walk among you, uh, and I'm going to give you a name. Stop calling me everything that you think I am because of what I do for you. Call me by what? Uh You called me a healer because I healed. You called me a protector because I, hallelujah. But what I want to be known as is your savior. And so call me, there is, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And when you call that name, Here's why every knee bows and every tongue confess when you call that name. Because when you call someone, especially when they're in your vicinity, you know, if you call somebody that's not there, 
I'm not talking about picking up your phone and calling. I'm talking about opening up your mouth and hollering their name. If I, if I call you, you know, uh, if you ignore me, then we ain't cool. You know, I know y'all don't do this on the East Coast, but some places in the Midwest, you see apostolics? You, <laughs> yeah, you see them over here? They're in the, oh, they're, they're in the ice cream aisle. Oh! And you call them, hey! They're like, Jesus, don't do that. What's your name, brother? So he, he'll say, I'll call Shaq. Shaq. What did Shaq do when I called him? He responded. Because he's there. I say, if I'm, if I'm a little ways away, you know, he's over, in, you know, looking at, you know, skinny. So he's looking at, like, the, the, the turnips and Brussels sprouts. And I'm over, I'm over here trying to get some fruit loops, not the rings and the rounds. I'm trying, I'm finna get me some cereal over here, and he over there in the in the in the celery aisle and, and whatnot. You know, so I'm like, oh, shit! And you all the way over there. What you gonna do? He'll call, call back out to me, and I, if I keep calling you, shit, shit. Y'all laughing, but that's the, that's the description of some of our prayer lives. He's right there, and oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And Jesus like, I'm right here. But see, the thing is, when I'm calling you, and you see me, and you're like, oh, you won't just holler back at me. You'll come to me. This is what is going on when we call on Jesus. He doesn't just answer us. He comes closer to us. That's why the old timers used to say he's as close as the, when you call him. And guess what happens when Jesus gets into the atmosphere? When you call him and you feel his presence close to you, he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. All power is in his hands. And he doesn't leave it where he was to come see what you want. All of him becomes available. So when you're in the midst of your trial and you begin to call on Jesus, you might have thought you were surrounded. You might have thought you were defeated. But when God showed up, everything changed. The enemy is still there. His forces are still there. But there is somebody greater that just got loosed in the atmosphere because you called on him. This is, 
people of Israel, they're over here. They're surrounded. And all they see is enemies, enemies, enemies. They're all ganging up on us. Enemies, enemies, enemies on all our side. And God speaks to the king. He says, don't worry. You don't even need to fight. You don't need to lift a finger. Stop trying to handle this on your own. Stop trying to figure it out in your own intellect, and in your own ingenuity. I know a lot of you here, are, you know, you're the analytical people. You got to figure things out. How, how is it going to happen? Well, if I do this and I do this, then maybe this will happen, and, and maybe if this will happen. And no, no, God says, just, just call on me. So they are surrounded by their enemy, and God said, God didn't say fight. He said, sang. He said, call a praise team. Call, not just the people that can sing, you know, the people that can praise. Because there is a difference. Uh, call, call the praise team. Call the people that know how to, know how to jump and know how to, know how to, be quickened by the spirit. Nobody got to tell them that. They don't need any cues. They can just get up and, and they can run an aisle and, and they can begin to holler back. Praise. Call, call them people. Call those people. And I want you to loose those people in the midst of this battle. Praise God. Because if you can get to praising, I can get to working. Hallelujah. I'm you know I got all power. So why are you in the middle of this situation? I need you to loose me. And the way you loose me is you've got to create a... Let me take it even further. How does God said, the Bible said that he set ambushments against the people. What does that mean? What's an ambushment? Come on, this is not astrophysics, y'all. An ambushment is an ambush. He loosed the angelic to work on their behalf. And what they couldn't handle on their own. He loosed the heavenly hosts. To, mm. Why was God able to do that? Now the, God, now the Bible says in reference to angels and their functioning that they are continually around his throne crying holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They're worshiping him. So if they leave and go do something else, then who's going to worship him? So, so God said, you know, I can fix this problem, but I need somebody to sub for the angels. So you go ahead and worship, and I'll go ahead and war. You go ahead and worship, and I'll go ahead and work. This is not your defeat. This is where I'm going to... This is my victory, and if you can get the praise in God, if you can get to open in your mouth, God is going to lose his work on the enemy. It's going to fight for you. It's going to war for you. 
Come on, somebody. Who are you? What you're going through right now? Stop worrying and start work. Stop worrying. Start worshiping. And when you start worshiping, God will start warring. Come on, somebody. You need God to work. Don't just sit back and wonder why God ain't doing anything. You get to worship him. And when you get to worship, the atmosphere. It's going to shift in your favor. It's because I'm not... I'm not just worshiping God because I need him to do something. The Bible says, I want you to loose these singers to praise the beauty of holiness. That's God's nature. Not what God was doing. That was who God is. So their faith began to go beyond what they were looking at. They see a bunch of soldiers and enemies about to kill them. But when they start worshiping who God is... They began to look above the heads of all those warriors and they began to see something more powerful. Hallelujah. They elevated themselves from this earthly level. I don't see it that way anymore. I'm going to get a little higher with my worship and my praise and God. Oh, yeah. So what are you going through right now? Somebody needs to change your posture. Somebody needs to change your perspective. You need to begin to do. Come on, stand on your feet right now. God said, this is why I choose this way. Because your storm is hiding you. Your storm is hiding you. So when I want to meet you and I want to disclose some things of very sensitive nature that I really don't want the enemy to know about, I'm going to create the perfect atmosphere to speak to you. And it might be uncomfortable to you, but it's not necessarily uncomfortable to you. It's uncomfortable to your flesh. You don't want to feel that. You don't want to go through that. But God said, I'm chilling right here waiting for you. I got something to say to you that's going to make you think differently about what, where you are and what you're going through. He said, this is where I want to meet you. This is the meeting place. In trouble. I don't want to hear that. I'm not talking about getting yourself in trouble. Don't you go rob the bank and go in jail and be like, hey, at midnight, I'm going to pray and sing praises to God, and we're going to shake this thing up, and we're going to have a, a prison revival. No, we don't do it that way. We call the jail. We, you know, do our background checks. That's how we do that. We don't take the fast track to prison ministry. God, I said this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet you right there. I don't care if that king has all types of power and influence. He seems like he got all the resources at his hand. And you are over here standing for truth and standing for, for what God represents. 
And all of a sudden, the king, he gets offended. And all. He just, all right, you want to act like that? I got a furnace to throw you in. And a matter of fact, since you want to defy me in my face in front of my people, I'm going to crank it up seven times hotter. Wrong number. <laughs> he cranked up that fire seven. You know that's God's number? That's a perfect. That's a perfect number. That's a complete number. And when they stepped into the middle of that fire, Pastor, here I am. Oh, hallelujah. They weren't by themselves. Somebody else was in the middle. Come on, where you at? Where you at? Hallelujah. God is looking for you to begin to lift your voice because he's trying to shift your atmosphere. Here's the secret. As the music you come, here's the secret. You were never a victim. The way you looked at it, that was never really it. It looked like everything was bad. It looked like you were going down. It looked like you were defeated. But the only reason why those conditions rose up is because before the problem came, an atmosphere of victory was there. God was doing something, and the enemy came to try to take the attention. He manipulated, he, he don't create things. He manipulates things. Hell is reactionary. The enemy and his forces and, so, and resources, they only react. So if the enemy's trying to stir up something in your life, it's because God is doing something. He's reacting to what he knows is happening in the spirit. And he knows that you probably haven't picked up on it yet. So let me go ahead and distract them with this environment. And then we think that's the actual environment we're in. When all along, surrounding me is the enemy, but surrounding him. And when I begin to worship God in the middle of that, I don't look at this level anymore. But now I'm looking a little bit high. I'm looking to the hills from whence cometh. Not looking at what's going to hurt me. I'm looking at what's going to help me. Oh, there's something. I don't care what you're doing down here, devil. And if you can get that type of mindset and that type of perspective, God will allow you to experience the miraculous. Why is that? Because miracles always accompany mess. You know, everybody wants a miracle. God don't just dish out a miracle just because you want a miracle. It don't work like that. You don't need a miracle until you need a miracle. 
And so the enemy gets allowed to come in, begin to, to mess around. God says, all right, that is the atmosphere that I want to display my power. Because when I do it, nobody else can take the credit for the outcome. Nobody else can take the glory for the outcome. But you can't praise nobody else for what's about to happen. You can't accredit nobody else for what... You didn't do this on your own. Nobody else did it for you. I am here and here am I. I'm about to do something. Hallelujah. But you got to stop looking at the enemy. Stop talking about what the enemy's doing. Talk about what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Talk about what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Talk about what... Jesus. Listen. Last thing and I'm done. The reason why it's important about what we say is because we are designed as human beings to speak. And the, this, this speaking ability gives us uh, uh, the opportunity to affect both the physical and the spiritual world by what we say. Why? Because angels respond to word. And here's the thing that most people don't realize. There are a limited number of demonic forces. Now, let me just clarify some things. Ain't no such thing as werewolves. Ain't no such thing as vampires. They're all, why y'all looking at her? They're all, they're all demons. It's all demons. There's God, there's angels, there's human and animals. So the spiritual beings that are trying to work against you, these devils and demons, they're actually just backslidden angels. They couldn't even live for God when there was no sin. How in the world are they intimidating you? You're over here living for God with all types of pressures in your life. They couldn't even stay on it. You had one job. And you messed that up. And so when God kicked them out of heaven, he put them in the lowest state of existence. Animals. That's why when the devil appears in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden, he comes in the form of a lowest state of existence. They're beneath you. <laughs> he said, the, the, the demoniac, he had, he had a legion of devils in him. That's why they wanna, that's why they wanna get all up in your business. That's why they wanna inhabit you, because it's an upgrade. It's a step up. And so all those legions of devils told Jesus, don't send us back to the demons. There's some pork farmers over there. You know they're not supposed to be eating that. They Jewish. They, they, got pork, they got pork over there. They got all these pigs. Send us into the swine. 
So Jesus says, go. One word. Jesus speaks. All those thousands of, of, of demons go into the, the pigs. And the pig, look at this now. The pigs are driven to self-destruct. They ran off into the, 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 the water and drowned themselves. They, they ran off into the deep. They committed suicide. All these herds of pigs that the devils went into. There was many pigs, but it was one person. And all those devils couldn't make that person do it. The most he did was he would self-mutilate, he cut himself, he break out of the bonds, and but they couldn't destroy him. They couldn't, they couldn't take him out. He doesn't have that permission. So you know what he does? He'll try to mess with you so that you feel like destroying yourself because he can't do the job. So he's trying to influence you to do it for him. All the while, he's trying to magnify how influential he is over you, but he's not that influential over you. He's beneath you. Why is it so powerful? And we can look at the enemy and say, get thee behind me, Satan. Because he don't belong in your future. He belongs behind you. Where you are right now is not where God intended for you to stay. And it looks like the enemy's there. And it looks like that he's in control. But take another look. When you realize that you're not by yourself, that should make you want to lift your hands, lift your head, and lift your voice, and begin to call on the one that has the power to loose the forces of heaven against everything that's trying to hold you down and hold you bound. I loose you right now in the name of Jesus to open your mouths and call on the Lord and worship the Lord and praise the Lord because God has given you an atmosphere where the devil is not in control. It's an atmosphere of victory. Are you staying in that situation? God says that's not your final destination. I've got more for you. So as your hands are lifted, I want you to step out of your seat and make your way to the altar. He wants and 
I had no control over the situation. That's true. Devil is doing whatever he wants, but he's limited. He's limited in what he can do. And yes, you don't have any control over the situation. That's the best place to be. But you know why we don't want to go there? Because that makes us feel vulnerable, right? When we don't control, yeah. Right there, that's the vein. You, you got control issues. You want to hold on. You want to feel like you got a handle on this. God is saying, let go of that. Because I won't touch it as long as your hand is I'm speaking to somebody right now. Let go. And it might feel like you're just floating. You have no control. It'll be a bad thing if Jesus wasn't there. But here am I. He is very present. And when you feel like you don't have control, that's the best place to be. Because we begin to realize who does. And it's not your enemy. It's not the devil. He's a manipulator. He wants you to think he's in control, but he's not. God is in control. And he will loose his power to validate and confirm he's in control when you lift your faith above what's going on on this level. You begin to look in the right dimension and begin to address the heavens. Stop being so caught up and concerned over what's happening right here. God says, bring your attention a little higher. When you begin to lift your voice and call on me, I'm going to lose my power to become visible and evident among you. Hallelujah. Praise God. This morning's message and this message today is one and the same. There are going to be some seasons where it feels like you have no control. But that is not an indicator that things are going wrong. That's an indicator that God is in control. Every hand lifted right now in the name of Jesus. This is the reason why it takes many people very long to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're holding on. You got way too much control. People that find it hard to cross over and begin to speak in that heavenly language, you got too much control. You got too much of a handle on the situation. God says, let go. You want the Holy Ghost? Let go. You want me? Let me be me. Let me be God in your life. Stop holding on to that. Let it go. When you let it go, I will count that as repentance. I will count that as you are letting me be God in your life. 
I can't come in and have total control over your life if you still got control over your life. Let it go and watch God make his power evident. Hallelujah. Go ahead as your hands are lifted. Begin to lift your voice and you're going to begin to feel God. Begin to come close and as you feel his presence, just go ahead and say, God, I'm letting go, God. I'm giving you clear access, God. This is where you wanted me in here. I am God. Come on, lift your voice right now. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait.